you are listening to the Kinetic Man Podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm David. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living a life defined by uncommon action that is full of purpose, adventure, and meaningful relationships. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours and together achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to leave the potential life behind and become kinetic men. We're recording. It's on the cloud, not on the computer. Here we go. It's only episode like 280 something. I'm still figuring out how to do this thing. Great intro, Stu. That's how we start our podcast. Great intro. We've done this now for a number of years, still incompetent. And, uh, but welcome to the show, Amy. I'm sure you're excited. <laughs> so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And it's good that you had that problem because now I will be aware that that is a potential problem on my podcast and <laughs> try not to have the same thing happen. Let, let's just get it out to the world. All you podcasters out there, if you are recording to your computer at some, at some point, your computer is going to run out of memory and you could be on a podcast, not saying when that happened, cause you'll never know. It could just stop recording because you ran out of space. I'm just I'm just saying this for a friend. Can I, can I caveat this too? You, yeah, please go ahead. You, uh, I just want to add a caveat. Most of you guys and gals who are podcasting um, are probably familiar with this, and you're probably not JV. Uh, I have a lot of um, hope, and I have a lot of confidence in you, in you out there, the listener, podcaster, guy, and gal. All you out there. Uh, all you out there. Um, just fair warning. We're saying it for a friend, saying it for a friend. Amy, you do a podcast. You do lots of stuff. Let's talk about you. Yeah. So I'm a wife to Marcus Song, who's probably been on your podcast like three or four times now. Um, I think, he's, I think he might, I think he might be at the top for the number of uh, showings on our podcast. I think he uh, outranks any guest I've had on mine as well. He's been on <laughs> mine several times. So he's. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say a word that's probably not very nice. Um, he gets around when it comes to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so married to Marcus. I have two kids, nine and six. I have been in the Navy now for 15 years. Most of it's been reserve time, six years active, nine reserve. Um, and I started a lifestyle brand called The Daily Hostess, where we talk about building community and connection through hosting your home and celebrations and parties. And created a podcast out of that called Conversations with the Hostess, where I talk to party experts, military spouses, people that are really good at connecting with others, celebrating them, and kind of building a support system over and over. So I'm really committed to the idea that we all need great people in our lives. And the best way to do that is to invite them into your home and um, you know show your love through hosting them. And they'll be your friends for life if you do that. So um, that's a little about me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm curious. Um, how do you do it all? How do you, how do you, you know, be a, a full time wife, um, mom, entrepreneur, active duty Navy? Like, how do you how do you manage to do it all? I will say a lot of times people always talk about this like balance or work life balance, and like your balance is kind of crap. Um, you can't really do it all. You're never giving hundred percent to anything. And I'm an Enneagram three, like efficiency is what I live for as if I can get something done in the fewest amount of steps possible. That's like my jam. I'm a type a. So the fact that I can't give hundred percent to everything all the time really bothers me, but 
having done that over the years, you do kind of get used to shifting priorities. Um, and a lot of things fall by the wayside. So there's that too, like no one's perfect. Um, it is helpful to have a spouse that's supportive. And Marcus does a great job of doing things on the home front whenever I can't and vice versa. It also helps, I think, that we've been dual military for so long that we both kind of understand that side of things. And sometimes the job requires a lot of effort or focus and somebody else has to pick up the slack in other areas. We both travel for work a lot too. So there's this kind of like solo parenting aspect of our lives that we both have had to adjust to. He's probably had to adjust more than I have because he wasn't used to it for a really long time. And I think that helps you like appreciate the other person and also allows you to kind of, you know, know that you can do it. You can pick up that slack and then you have a reprieve when the, when the spouse comes home, which is nice. So no one's ever doing it all. You're always shifting priorities and a lot of things fall, like a lot of the plates fall, but you know, most of them are usually not that important. So it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think the three on the Enneagram, I don't even know if it registered uh, when I recently took my, uh, my test. I don't, I don't think it's anywhere near uh, anywhere on my, my printout. Um, I didn't even know there was a three. But, you know, I, I love how you highlight the, you know, Stu and I talk often about this idea of balance and multitasking. And 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 I I personally think, you know, work-life balance is, is, is complete garbage, right? Like I think that uh, ideally in a perfect world, you want to be 100% present where you are, right? And we see so many, uh, you know, specifically we talk about dads, we see so many dads who who don't draw those lines. Then you have this, this device, right? And you're trying to play with your kids and you're trying to be engaged. And you're trying to be involved while also trying to do work because of course, multitasking is the best way to do these things and, and work-life balance. And it just doesn't work that way. And your kids don't want that. The people that you're working with, I I personally, if I'm, if I'm doing a deal with somebody, I don't really want to talk to them while they're trying to play with their kids. Like that's not, that doesn't show me, um, you know, the honor of that, of that partnership. And, and they're also not honoring their kids in that moment. So I think that hundred percent, the idea of doing being hundred percent present where you're at, is really where um is really where I've landed on that to try to be, you know, like even on podcasts. I think the most annoying thing about a podcast is when you have a guest and you could tell they're they're multitasking. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, looking out at the phone or doing something, and you're just like, you know, it, it it you want people to be present when they're there. And we've just gotten really bad at that. So I really appreciate you highlighting that because you can do a lot of things and do them successfully, but you really have to prioritize be efficient and, and, and be present. Um, but what I'm curious, go back a little bit. Why did this, why this passion for hosting? Like what, what happened? Like what, what drove you to uh, be so focused on it? Cause this is something that, again, I think it's a lost art, right? We, we go in our house, we hit a button, the garage door closed, and now we're isolated from someone that may live 20 feet from us. And you may do that for years, right? You may do that for years. You may do that for decades. People have, and so I'm just curious, like, how did you, what, what prompted you to be so passionate about this? And, 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 uh, if you don't mind giving some practical advice for folks that are the, the garage door button pushers and isolate themselves, how can they get out of that? Yeah, sure. So I think background a little bit, I grew up in a really, really small family. Um, my brother and I were the only grandkids on either side. My dad is an only child. We have no first cousins. So I always found like community in my friends or in my friendships. I didn't see my parents hosting a lot or have having very many friends. So as I got older, friends really became very important to me. And then with this like military lifestyle, like your family's not close to you, 
you don't really know anybody besides the people you work with or like their spouses. So you kind of have to build your own family. So I kind of figured that out early on that, you know, if I'm going to have anyone around me, I need to make those connections myself, whether it be through friends or colleagues or things like that. And the hosting aspect, I think it kind of goes back a little bit to that, like type A, I like to be in control. I like things to look pretty. So I would just always be the one to say like, oh, let's like come to my house. I'll do this or whatever. Um, I enjoy cooking. And mostly that came from my mother was a good cook, but I doubt she's listening to this. But I'll be honest, she's kind of lazy. So I would get home from school and be hungry or like it was dinner time. And, you know, I've seen her cook enough, but she's not doing it because she's busy doing something else. So I would just start dinner. So I've always been had that kind of passion of like feeding people or, you know, I enjoy cooking. So I might as well feed myself because I have to or feed others. Um, So I've always enjoyed having people because my family's not big. I needed to make friends. And that was an easy way for me to do that is, you know, invite people over and, you know, cook for them or make something look pretty for them. So um, I don't know, it's just part of my personality, but a little bit of the way that I grew up and, you know, some really amazing things have blossomed from doing that and hosting others is you feel that sense of family when you don't have other family around you know, you have people that you can call if there's an emergency. I have a friend that I worked with that Marcus was deployed and I had to get my wisdom teeth out. And she's the one that took me to and from the hospital and like jumped a fence because we forgot the key to the house. And that was the only way to get in back into the house afterwards. And I'm like drugged up after a wisdom teeth surgery. Um, so, you know, you make friends that you can do those things with by being vulnerable and open and inviting them in. I think the thing that you're talking about is so common where people just keep to themselves in their home. They never know their neighbors. And I think it all boils down to people are really scared to be vulnerable. And I think one of the ways that we're vulnerable is having someone in our space, whether that be your home, your office or whatever it is, but you know, that's space where you feel safe, where you don't have to show people your mess. You don't have to show an outdated kitchen or whatever it might be. And people are scared to open up and let people in. And I think the biggest thing that we need, like the mindset shift that needs to happen is that no one cares. (laughs) Like deep down, no one cares if there's laundry on your couch or if your kids' toys are out or if your house is a little dirty or messy or outdated or whatever it is, they're happy to be invited somewhere and cared for. And they're not going to care about all those things that you think are the reason that you shouldn't let someone in probably people are thinking about themselves more than they're thinking about you and your stuff and the issues with your house or yourself or the meal you made or whatever. They're thinking more about them. And I, like, I know for me, I do a lot of hosting others, but I love when I get invited somewhere. It's like one less meal I have to cook. It can entertain my kids. It can entertain me. I have some interaction with other people. So I think that mindset shift probably needs to happen more with people of, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot. You just have to like invite and be open to having people in your space. I, I love, I love that, that idea and the concept. I, I was reading a book. I think it was, uh, I think it was dad tired. Actually. We we just had Jared on our, on our uh, podcast and Nikki talked about just this idea of there's a difference between um, hospitality and entertainment. Right. And yeah. and what you're talking about <laughs> is a hospitality being open, being vulnerable 
like bringing them into an environment that that's not going to be perfect. And it's okay that it's not perfect. It's not entertaining. We don't have to have, you know, the gold plated silverware and, you know, pristine picture, perfect house with the white picket fence and everything is, is absolutely perfect. And the kids are, you know, well-behaved and, you know, like that's not, it's not real. <laughs> it's not normal. Right. And it will never be. And if you get over that and just have this idea of inviting them in and that's hospitality, that's, that's creating, you know, relationships and having friends and, and enjoying each other's company. I, I love the idea that the question though, is how do you do that? If you know, you're a, you're an introvert, you know, and you don't, you know, you, you kind of identify yourself as someone who doesn't like to, you know, host and be around people and, you know, be the center of attention. Are, are, are sure. you, would you claim that you're an introvert or an extrovert? I'm just curious. I've taken multiple tests. I'm an yeah. ambivert. So sometimes, you know, I like to be by myself and other times I like to be around people. Um, I will say that introvert side of me, I can tell comes out after we've hosted people because I'm like, oh, I need like a break. But if you're an introvert, I think you need to know your boundaries and like the things that are going to make you anxious or uncomfortable if that's too many people, or if it's like you said, being the center of attention, have somebody else there that is maybe like the person that you're celebrating and it's not all about you, but I always say to start small. So whether that be just inviting one other family over for dinner or inviting one neighbor, and then you kind of build up to two families or two neighbors or things like that until you're comfortable. I think that's a great place to start. And hopefully it doesn't make you super uncomfortable to you know, be around other people or you know, have people in your space. And it's a great, you know, kind of test, it, you know, if you don't want to do that with your neighbor at first, then invite like your sister and her family or some, you know, somebody that you're much more comfortable with kind of get the hang of it and then invite others. Yeah. And there, there's a, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast recently with uh, John Mark Comer, who, you know, we, we love John Mark Comer, love his books and he big, uh, huge introvert, and, and one, one of the things that he said that really resonated with me that I that I absolutely love is he effectively took the personality traits of introvert and extrovert and, and effectively said, this is inconsequential to our created need and desire to be in community, right? And, and so he he was saying that a lot of people use it um, as an excuse. And, and I love how you give a tactical uh, a tactical way to get you know beyond that, maybe start small, maybe start with somebody you know, whatever that looks like. But, but I love the idea of a lot of times we take these, these personality tests, we're like, well, this is why, this is why I do X, Y, Z. And, and his point is like, no, dude, it's a tool to help you understand yourself. This is not why this doesn't justify sin. This doesn't justify um, bad behavior. This is just a way to understand potentially who you are and what you can do about it to get to where you want to be. And so this idea of introvert and extrovert uh, is, is fascinating. And I love how you regardless of what that says to push through because you recognize the need for connection and and the need for um like you said it was great you know, who does not like to be invited first off who also doesn't like to not have to think about the meal who doesn't not like to have their kids go and have conversation everybody loves that right and just to, the degree to which you enjoy that may be different or or how you get energy from that is different but but it's still necessary and then one other thing you said Nobody cares. Like, I want to emphasize this point. Just think it's so intuitive because you just have to think about yourself, right? Like I personally do not care about the clothes Stu wears, about how he raises his kids. Now I love his kids and I love Stu, 
But when it comes to my daily life, like it makes zero consequence on the things he does and the cars he drives or anybody for that matter. And that's somebody I love, right? Because I care so much about my own life and my own kids and what I'm doing. And so the idea that nobody cares is so powerful to get past some of this uh, friction to invite people over, right? Like just nobody gives a rip. They might even be comforted by the fact that your house is a mess (laughs) because they're like, oh my gosh. I'm not alone in like not picking up my undies, right? Like that, that could be a very comforting thing. Undies might be a little extreme. Hopefully. They yeah. Can, you should pick up your a, undies. That's a stretch. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're clean. I haven't folded them yet is all I'm saying. I haven't folded them yet, but, but it's just, I, I think it's so important to move beyond this and, and to get to a place. And I kind of want to go into, uh, you know, talking about you and Marcus a bit as well, because when you, you said it earlier, vulnerability. And, and as like the magic ingredient to moving relationships forward. And whether that's with your wife, your kids, other men, uh, other women, like it's really a critical aspect to to truly grow in relationship and community because nobody wants to be around that person that, that that's living the Facebook life, right? Like, oh, my family's great. My kids behave like my kids are turds. And I'll be the first one to tell you that. I told them that this morning, but um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, I'd love to talk about, you know, as, as Marcus has gone on this journey with TKM, uh, especially as men were terrible at it. And you're on this journey with not only your husband, obviously in your guys' life together, but this hostess and building community and all this stuff that you're doing. Uh, I, I'm just curious on, on like, what, how, how have you seen no kidding real life changes within both of you, right. In those different contexts. Sure. I, like I had said before, like you really do make friends for life that you can call no matter what. Um, Marcus's retirement last year really showed the connections that we've built over our careers and the places that we've been. We sent out the invitations, not knowing who's going to be able to come. We were having it here in Kansas City. We've lived all over the world and people came from everywhere for his retirement ceremony. And it just goes to show that when you make those connections, You really do have people that will back you up, support you from afar, and they will travel far to come support you. It was an interesting year this past year after his retirement, Um, you know, 21 years in the military, 20 years of doing anything is going to kind of, I don't want to say pigeonhole, but like you get really comfortable doing that. And then you stop that. And with the military, a lot of times it's, you know, Friday you're there doing it and Monday you're not. And that can be a really tough, like jarring transition. Thankfully for Marcus, he had a bit of a, I always call it a slow off ramp where his last job was a little bit easier. And so he kind of started building like his civilian side stuff before he was actually retired, which was helpful. But I think no matter what that transition from you know full-time military to a full-time solopreneur essentially is tough and one of the things that i love about his participation in the kinetic man is this idea or concept and group of people where he has a team again and it's not just him by himself all the time you know he has people that he can call or lean on or have ask questions to and he has people around him that support him just like a team in the military would or his colleagues in the military would. So it's a great way for him to kind of work through that transition and not feel as 
jarred as some people do, I think, whenever they separate from the military and have that loss of identity coupled with like finding a new job and nobody's there to kind of help them and all that kind of stuff. So it's been a really good transition for him to have you guys in his corner um, and have those connections with you guys. So I thank you for that. I do. However, I know he has a great time on retreats. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you're leaving again. Oh, okay. This is happening again. Okay. We, well, uh, we, we're, we love- we're actually thinking about ramping those up to four a year. Oh, so four. I, I just, <laughs> you're welcome. Fantastic. Ideally, we can do one a month. Like that's really what we're going to be. <laughs> and to be honest, it's not really you. It's him putting it in the calendar properly so I can see it. He always like goes on and on about things in his calendar, but then he doesn't share those events with me so I can see them in my calendar. And I'm just like, you, you got 95% of the way there. You got to get on, that last Marcus. 5%. Come on, Mark. We're talk about that, dude. <laughs> I mean, we talk about that's all we talk about is calendar, calendar events, right? calendar level change. Come on, dude. David never he has definitely... any issues with uh, David never has any issues with his spouse with with calendar calendar challenges. Yeah, zero. Yeah, zero. He's, yeah. She she loves paper calendars. I'm like, honey, this is killing me. This is killing me. <laughs> I will say, I was gonna say, Marcus has like fully convinced me to change from a paper calendar to electronic. So I'm working, I'm working. I need to talk to him then so to get, nice. figure out the tactics that he used to, to be, uh, uh, whether it's to manipulate or to just encourage change in that front. Cause we, yeah, we're, we're she's paper. I'm fully uh Google calendar. So yeah, we got to get that sorted. Yeah. I will say one thing as a spouse is kind of nice. I like, I have access to his calendar. So a couple things that I do, maybe this will convince your wife, like we have never had a relationship where there was a lack of trust where I needed to like check up on him, but it's kind of nice that I can like check his calendar and be like, what's he doing right now? Like if I'm in the office or something, I'm like, oh, is he on a call? What's he doing? I don't know. And then the other thing is that when I need something done, I just block off his calendar and assign him tasks so that they get done. I love that. How do you assign him tasks? Do you actually put it on the calendar? Or is there like another like software that you, yeah. that you do? No. Yeah. I will just give him like a, a Google um, calendar invite two hours. I need you to hang pictures around the house or something like that. That was, that was the one we used uh, after our household goods arrived last fall that I was getting frustrated because those things weren't getting done. And I was like, well, I'm just going to block off the calendar. <laughs> love it. I love it. Hey, so, you know, speaking of, uh, I read a book not too long ago called a boys and men. And it's a really interesting book that talks about, Essentially, it's the decline of manhood, um, where the man has felt like there's been one role. Uh, if you if you go back in time to our parents and our grandparents, you know the, the the man went off right to work. He worked all day long. He came back. the 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 wife was at home taking care of the kids, cooking and cleaning, and that was kind of you know our grandparents version of the roles that they played right and since then there's there's been a women's movement of of women in the workforce and that's amazing i think it's absolutely awesome that, that that's happening and and you're you know you're you're a part of that um and you're kind of filling multiple roles now you're you're still the mom you're still the caretaker but you're now actually working too and you're providing income and you're the provider and you're kind of filling both roles and you're doing it doing it all but the man has kind of been stuck in this, I'm still the provider and that's all I do role, right? And I think it's a bad place to be for men. There's there's signs that, that is the case. 
Um, and I, I think we are having a hard time getting to fill other roles in our life, like being the caretaker. And and you talked about, you know, both of you travel, right? You travel for your Navy job. He travels for his his real estate job. He goes to conferences. He comes to TKM retreats and he's forced to be the other side. He's forced to be, you know, the solo parent. Um, but he has taken on that, like, you know, really well. And he and I talk quite a bit about you know, the, the challenges and the struggles in that of blocking off time and not being on a work call, not being, you know, on the computer, doing an Excel spreadsheet and analyzing a deal. And this is the time that I'm going to play with my kids and throw the football and go to things and make the breakfast and be that caretaker role. Um, has there been a conversation with you guys on either a struggle to get to that place or, um, you know, what have you seen that you guys are doing that has been successful in that of having Marcus kind of fill the role, just like you're filling multiple roles too. Sure. That is a really good point. We have had in the last year, a a pretty massive role switch in our household, as far as him being home all the time and me picking up active orders and being in the office a lot more and things like that. Um, So I wouldn't necessarily say that we sat down and had a conversation and like, we're going to divide labor this way. It just kind of naturally played out that way. But I, one of the things that this is like a minor thing, but it makes such a difference as I started working out in the mornings at like five or six, there's like a a workout class I go to and he started like filling my water bottle up for me or starting the car for me whenever it's cold outside. And it made that like transition in the morning really smooth. And so he had done it a few times. And I think what helps him to continue to do that is after I noticed like, man, this is really helpful that I don't have to take those two minutes to like fill my water bottle up or get into a cold car. I just tell him, thank you. And like, I really appreciate that you do this for me. It makes my morning getting to the gym a lot easier. And it shows me that you care. And I want you to know that I appreciate it. So then he keeps continuing to do that and doing those little things that kind of are a little bit more caretaking. I will say going back, it hasn't always been like that easy or that natural, when I, I got off active duty and into the reserves because we were starting a family and being dual military with kids, I just didn't see how that was going to work. So I got off active duty and one of the first, probably the first few years that I was traveling for the Navy reserves, it would be a week at a time or two weeks at a time. I would leave him massive, like multiple page list documents of here's the schedule, here's the clothes, here's the food, like here's all the things I would prepare meals before I left. You know, I would do all the things I normally would do if I was there beforehand so that he was like set up for success and he had step-by-step instructions for everything. So that was the first few years. And over the years, those documents have gone from, you know, like seven pages, I think was kind of the, the biggest one to, I just leave. Um, you know, those pages would get smaller and smaller. Those instructions would be smaller and smaller. And then finally, and this was probably when we were in England. So our kids were like five and two, six and three, that kind of age. Finally, I just at one time said like, I don't have a lot of time to write a five page document. Like you're also a parent. You can figure it out. Like you've got it. You've done this enough. Like it's not that big of a deal. And I'm a phone call away if you need me. So there is, there are those conversations of like, encouraging each other, being grateful for what each other is doing, but also realizing that, especially if you're traveling or solo parenting, like you got to let the other person be a parent too. And 
on those trips, there was a pivotal trip. I think it was maybe a year, year and a half ago where I was gone for two weeks. And that's kind of the longest that I've been gone. And during that time, he started making the kids lunches for school in the morning because I wasn't there to do it. And when I got back from that trip, he essentially said, I'm going to continue to do this every day. It makes he's, you know, he said, I like the way that I do it. I don't like the way that you're doing it. It makes life a little bit easier if I just do it. And I was like, this is great. One less thing that I have to do or worry about with the kids. And it's also during the time that I'm working out. So like we each have our time to do our things and it's worked out really well. It gives him some time with the kids in the morning um, or even the night before, like asking them what they want, talking them through like lunch stuff or whatever. And so he has fully taken on that role of getting the kids ready in the morning because I'm working out getting their lunches ready. Sometimes at this point, at least in the past few months, I felt like he kind of knows their schedule a little bit better than I do sometimes. And that was hard for me. Like when this kind of role shift has happened of letting go of control, when I came back from that trip and he started doing lunches, I was kind of like, I wanted to kind of jump back in there sometimes. And he's like, I got it. You don't need to like ask them. You don't need to do the things you're in my way. So it's been hard for me to like let go of control, but I have now. And it's so nice. (laughs) I don't know if that answered your question. That was a really long answer. Sorry. No, I think you hit on some really important things though. And, and cause I'm thinking about my household too. And, and obviously, you know, we're military guys here. Um, and so the transition you just talked about, that's something that, you know, we, we both experienced, uh, you, you obviously experienced it intimately. Mark's experienced it with this, with this, you know, I mean, I was a CEO of a unit running a couple businesses. And so like, the idea of me doing morning routines or even evening stuff like th- that, that just wasn't a thing. Um, but, but I, what I will say, and I, and I really want to emphasize this a lot of times dudes are, they're uncomfortable with the idea of these roles that they have not actually done. Right. And so what I want to encourage all our dude listeners out there, if you've got kids, like do it, like try it. And, and I'll tell you, it's, it's transformative when you, even if you're not comfortable um, in a specific role, like when, as soon as I got out, I, or I I guess I was still in, but when I moved back here, I immediately took the role of like all morning routines. And I mean, I make a mean sandwich anyways. So like my wife was like, uh, you know, go ahead. But like, I do, you know, I get up with them. I get them up. I get snuggle time, which they hate. I love, I wake them up (laughs) with, with just hardcore snuggles, uh, bring them down. I make. Every, I've heard I, about the Dave hugs. Oh, dude, the, the, the kids get them too, and they're like every one of them. No joke, they complain. Like every one of them's like, Dad, no, I don't. Want. I'm like, dude, like this is when you're 18, you can make a different choice, right? But until then, like you're in my house, my snuggle time. But but I, you know, I do like the morning routine. Um, you know, I get them up. My wife helps tremendously with that uh, as well. But but I like do breakfast. I you know have this time with them. And, and I'll tell you, I hit, I called Stu probably six months into our transition. And I was like, dude, like we have to make our businesses work. Like I can't, I, I can't see myself going back working for somebody in the morning. Like I just can't, like I love this too much. And, and so what I, the reason I say that is, is because a lot of guys don't even try it. Cause they're like, oh, well, my wife does the, she makes a lot, like making a sandwich is really not that hard guys. Like I, I promise you it's not that hard. And, and you may find that you love it. Making waffles every morning, really pretty, pretty simple also. So there's these things that we can do, but then my wife and you hit this and I think it's a, it's a critical point that we have to do this together. My wife, she has, she likes the control, right? She likes to do things that are her, even if they're less efficient than the way I do them, she likes them her way. 
as do I. But at the end, if you step back, you're like, okay, what's good for the team? Am I actually truly happier with him doing this or me controlling it? And and I think it's a critical point that we all have responsibility. And dads, I want to put this emphasis on you have responsibility to be a dad. Like I can't stand when dudes are like, oh, I'm babysitting my kids. You're not babysitting. Are you getting paid? You're not a babysitter. You're a dad. You're dadding. Like you're not watching the kid. Like you're dadding. This is what our role is. But I think we've gotten so accustomed to it that words like I'm babysitting this weekend come out or I don't do breakfast routine. Why not? Uh, I never have. Oh, okay. Well, is that, is that good? Like you're never going to go for another job again because you've never done that. Like what, what, it doesn't make sense. Right. And so I love how you highlight that. And on the mom side too, I think it's a little more common, like moms, let your husbands fail and do and learn how to be good dads because it's not natural. We're not born with it. And to Stu's point, we've been told what our role is for so long that we actually believe this lie that that's our role. That's not our role. Our role is to be a dad. And that is multifaceted and comes as much more than going to make a paycheck. And I actually encourage my wife. I'm like, honey, if you would make more money than I would, like, I would love that. I'd welcome that. Like we can, I can totally embrace that. So I appreciate you highlighting all of that. Yeah, I will say from like the mom perspective, it was kind of forced in our family that I had to take myself out of the equation and travel for work. But I have spoken with a lot of moms through school and things like that, that have never left their children, never been away, never had to put all of the parenting on the the dad or their spouse. And I would encourage moms to take a weekend away, take a Tuesday to a Thursday, whatever, like do something where even if you're in the same town, but you're in a hotel and take a few days away. So it kind of forces the hand of your spouse to get in there and figure stuff out. And yeah, they might fail, but like, they're also a parent. If your children are alive at the end of the day, like that's the goal, right? They're not going to, they're going to make sure that happens. They might not be fed well or, you know, bathed, but Hey, they've tried and you've taken yourself out of the equation so that they can focus on doing that. Well, and I think it's important too. A lot of dads, I think, will realize, like, I kind of really enjoy when my wife goes on girl trips. One, because I support her in doing that, and I want her to do that. Like, she's going to, actually, this week, uh, end of this week is girls trip. And I've got, like, zero, zero nervousness about any of it, right? Like, I'm actually looking forward to it. Because my kids are different. When it's just dad time, they're also different, right? But that my is kids behave very... so much better for him than they do for me. Oh, and it's true. And, and I'll tell you what's what's interesting about that is if you never give each other those times, like I think women should encourage dudes to go, right? Like you're very good at encouraging. Like it, Marcus has been to, has he been to every retreat we've done, Stu? Like he's been to yeah, every retreat so. we've done, right? Yes. And so you're super supportive and, and encouraged of that. But but when our wife when my wife goes, I also get to experience a different side of my children than when she's there. Like I get to know them more deeply and profoundly in a different environment in a different way, but they also get to know me differently, right? They get to know and respect and love me for the things that I bring that are very unique to it as a dad. Like we, do we play with sharp objects and go like chop things and cut and and do things that like my wife's like, this is, this is, I don't want to be here. I'm like, we don't want you here. (laughs) We don't, we don't want you here. Like we want to do these things, light this stuff on fire and like do like stuff that like that we do when you're not here. And that includes my daughter. Right. And so I just I want to encourage 
you know, dads and moms, moms, you also need a break. Like you should go with your girlfriends, get away from these kids and let, let the men, we talk about, we say fail. Like it's not, it's just different. Right. And some dudes will fail, (laughs) but, but I mean, there also will be a lot of successes. There'll be a lot of beautiful things that happen. And, and it's also great for us to support our wives and, and be like, Hey, I want you to go. Don't call. Like my wife doesn't even call. Like I'm sometimes I'm like, can you just like, she, we're not big talking during the day and stuff. We don't check in, but I'm like, honey, you're, you travel on an airplane multiple hundreds of miles away. Like, just let me know, like you're good. You know, like you don't have to completely cut everything off. I don't need your help. Just let us know you're good. But, but I mean, there's some beauty in that too, right? There's some beauty in that. Yeah. I will say, uh, talk about the communication piece when you're gone is kind of important for all parties, the spouse that's gone, the spouse that's home and the kids. I've found a lot of times when I travel, it's easier if I don't call because the kids, it kind of just like messes them up a little bit as far as like their routine, their emotional kind of support and things like that. However, like you said, I feel like I need the spouse to check in. Marcus was gone for a week at a conference recently and I knew he was super busy while he was there. So I wasn't really bothering him, but he went probably like a solid four or five days without any sort of contact. That's strong. And finally, That's strong. I, yeah. Uh, and finally, I was like, are you alive? Like, <laughs> I need to know you're okay. And when he got back, I had that conversation of like, you can't be gone for a week and not call. Like, like for me, I was missing him and needed that connection and needed to know he was okay. So I'm like, that's just not going to fly anymore. So we've had the conversation. So hopefully it won't happen that's again. Great. That's but the great. kinetic man retreats are like three or four days. And that I'm usually like, see you later. We'll see you when you get back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call me. Hey, yeah. curious. Do you guys... Um... Do you guys talk on a regular basis, like throughout the day? I mean, are you guys, you know, talking about check-ins and communicating? Do you guys talk throughout the day with each other, send texts to each other? Uh, I'm, I'm just curious. Um, if I'm in the office, I don't a whole lot. There might be there might be some sort of logistical thing with that day that we have to communicate about, but it's there's not a lot of like lovey-dovey <laughs> check-ins. Um, when we're both working from home, obviously we see each other around the house and stuff, but my, like my office is upstairs, this is downstairs. So we try and sometimes have lunch together just cause like the timing works out, but a lot of times he'll be on calls. And so I look at his calendar again and see when he's not on a call. And then I might like run down and just say, Hey, and kind of like chit chat or whatever. Um, there are times I will say, and I would encourage other spouses to do this. Like I, there's been times in the past where I know he's struggling with something, um, especially working by himself at home. Like he was just feeling isolated and lonely. And there was a period of time where that was like kind of at a high. And I was in the office quite a bit at that point. So I would send him texts throughout the day. I'm just like, Hey, just thinking about you. hoping you're okay. Hoping you're okay. And, you know, just checking in just to have some sort of like connection with him. And that goes in waves of working by yourself from home and stuff. He's now gotten an office out of the house so that he can be around people so that that doesn't happen as much. But, um, we're not, it's not super consistent for us in our relationship, but. How about, uh, you guys do date nights, you guys schedule dates, put them on the calendar. And I, we're I, I really, really bad to... about that. All right. We're going to hold them accountable to that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they usually revolve around like things that are happening, you know, if there's an event or something we need to go to, but we are not good about doing like weekly or monthly, like just us, just because, um, I know that everybody talks about how great it is. I don't necessarily feel like it's necessary in our relationship because we do spend a lot of time together. 
However, when he's gone for like seven days at a time, when he gets back, I kind of am like, I need you to be with me for a little bit. Um, but yeah, we could definitely get better at it. Well, it's interesting you say that because my wife and I were just talking two nights ago about you know kind of trying to get more date nights on the calendar because we're not very good at it about it either, uh, to be brutally honest. And she's like, you know what? We don't have to like go out to a, a nice dinner or go do something fun, like go out and making a thing like how about we just like hang at the house and like work on a house project together or like, you know, do some painting or. She's you manipulating know, you, like, dude. Yeah, she's I know, dude. Yeah, she's you. like, she's like, no, but- I got an idea. How about date night be, I've got this honeydew list. Yeah. I really <laughs> love if you did items but three she through just 15. Wants to, yeah. Right. But she wants to do it together. Right. Like she wants to like do things together. Like it, one of our, one of our dates, it was pretty funny. She actually, it was her choice and we went to Ikea and I thought it was awful. But we went to Ikea and we had lunch at Ikea, which is great. Like the, the food at Ikea is really good. The meatballs are on point. But um, her date idea was to go to Ikea and I uh, yeah, suffered through it. But uh, yeah, that sounds good. like a great date, dude. Like that sounds like a really good, uh, you know, bonding <laughs> time for both of you. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw the flag on that and be like, yeah. do a date night. Don't do a honeydew list. Just throwing that yeah. out there. Well, no, I, I think it's important. I, I, you know, I, I love that, Amy, because it sounds like you guys do a lot of, uh, you guys have a lot of time together. And and I do think there's, um, you know, as I, I, I suck at it too, uh, you know, doing, doing date nights and she's much better at making them happen. But, but ultimately I think the importance is just that, that connection, as we talked about, you know, send your wife, send, you know, ladies go do ladies stuff, dudes go do dude stuff. But there's also an element of, okay, like, let's leave the kids and let's go do, you know, a stuff too. Like it should be a priority and, and, uh, and it's challenging. It's hard. It, it is not easy. It's much, it'd be much easier for me to do like a, Hey, let's host a, a part. Let's have an impromptu. I'm, I'm extreme extrovert. Um, but let's have an impromptu, like get together, have people over. And, and that's, you know, uh, that's much more easy for me than, than, uh, hey, let's go do a date night and let's sit down and talk about serious stuff. Yeah. I will say it kind of is easier since he's home. Like he's retired, works from home. Like we will go get breakfast sometimes after dropping the kids off or like, I think I had to like run an errand or something recently. And he was like, can I come with you? And I'm like, yes. And then that made it, you know, it's just spending, it wasn't like a planned date night, but it was like, oh, like we're doing this fun little errand together in the middle of the day. Like that seems special and you know, fun rather than like, we have to get a babysitter. We're going to dinner. It is super serious or whatever. So, you know, if you can fit them in randomly, I think that's a fun too. I'll give you guys kudos. I remember Marcus saying that you guys went on uh, a trip together by yourselves and like left the kids for an entire weekend in England. I think you guys were in England. You guys did like a Europe, like weekend travel and like left them with just kind of friends, like friends that you guys made through the military. I thought that was pretty ninja. That's pretty awesome. My wife is yeah, not there. We definitely yet. did that. Yeah. Um, another thing I could encourage people to do is like just leave your kids. They're gonna be fine. Like hire the babysitter. Um, ask friends, ask family, whatever it whatever it is. It blows my mind that people I might call you out a little bit here, Sue, that people haven't had babysitters other than like family or close friends or something. Um, my sister-in-law, for example, lives right next door to her parents. So she essentially has a built-in babysitter 24 seven and can just drop kids off and go and will kind of be stressed if they're not around to watch her kids. And we have only ever had to hire childcare because we've not had a family or our friends are busy or whatever. And so like 
you know, go through the process that you need to go through to like validate and verify that people are good with kids and safe or whatever, but like, it's going to be okay for a few hours to hire the babysitter um, or trust your friends to watch your kids. We, we did, I think it was like five days in Scotland and our kids were in England with uh, some friends. It was great. I was ready to go home to them after five days, but it was great. I love it. It's good stuff. Well, Hey, we could probably talk for another hour. Um, I appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Um, I want to highlight everything that you're doing. Can you tell uh, our audience about your podcast, your website, uh, and and just kind of your brand and, and what you're promoting? Yeah, sure. So the brand's The Daily Hostess. You can go to thedailyhostess.com. There's a blog with over 300 blog posts about holidays, celebrations, um, how to connect with people, all that stuff. And then Conversations with the Hostess is a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you get podcasts. And again, that's about building that connection and community with people through hosting in your home. So talk to party experts, military spouses, lots of people that have great ideas and uh, great encouragement to help you to host more and open your home up and connect with people. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Really appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Uh, and, and I, I, uh, just think it's very unique and special and beautiful that you are so dedicated to to hosting, which really is just community building and and pouring into others and relationship and and these things that I think um, we, we've lost a lot of that. Unfortunately, we've lost a lot of that, and, and you're doing something about it. Love it, teaching people to do something about it. Absolutely love it, and thank you for sharing your husband with us. Uh, always enjoy our time together. He's been a, a hugely influential in our lives and. And, uh, and now he's, uh, tomorrow will be day one of, well, when this comes out, it'll be days ago, uh, weeks ago, but it'll be day one of uh, being a TKM coach. So we're just excited about this relationship and, and how our families are connected and just, uh, uh, looking forward to, to that moving forward. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Guys and gals, we'll put uh, Amy's um, podcast and, and website on our show notes. Go uh, check her out and Hey, let's, let's go away with an action step. Invite somebody, invite somebody into your house, host a dinner party. It doesn't matter what your house looks like. Uh, put your dirty underwear away, David. Uh, but uh, besides they were, that- They were clean. The clean ones we're talking about. Dirty oh, ones okay. is nasty, right. dude. You're My gross. Bad. My bad. Uh, but uh, check out Amy. Her podcast is amazing. Um, and uh, let's go take uncommon action together. Easy up. Thank you. See you. Hey, before we let you go and tackle the day, uh, we wanted to tell you about uh, a new product coming out called The Manifesto. It's a newsletter. It's free. It comes out twice a month, and uh, we give actionable steps, insights, and inspiration uh, to help you on your journey to becoming a better man. Um, we aim to be the highest value per minute email in your inbox every time, so uh, go check it out. Uh, you can go to thekineticman.com backslash newsletter. Again, that's thekineticman.com backslash newsletter, and sign up for the manifesto. It is going to be awesome. See you. Thank you for listening to the Connect Man podcast. If you are growth-minded, community-focused, and willing to take uncommon action to redefine success and live an abundant life, visit our website at www.thekineticman.com to see all the ways we can connect. And on our website, you can find more information on everything we're doing, like joining our meetup page to get the details on our webinars and our local Thursday gatherings here in Colorado. From our site, you can also find more information on and sign up for the next Kinetic Man Retreat and the next house of our mastermind group. Finally, we always appreciate your love and support. Please share this episode and go rate us on your favorite podcast player of choice. Thank you again. Now go take uncommon action.